I started last week speaking to you on the subject, on the subject, the seven most important questions of Jesus. I said Jesus asked over 138 questions in the Bible. That is, if we look at all the questions he asked in the, in the, in the Gospels, there were about 138 questions. Um, for the purpose of what I want to achieve, I've selected seven, and I call them the seven most important questions. It doesn't mean that the other questions were not important. They are as important as these questions. But for what we want to achieve, these are the seven most important questions. Last week, we dealt with the first question. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his very soul? This morning, we are looking at the second question. And the second question I want to look at is very profound. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Matthew 8, 26. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Now in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, so it means fear is a spirit. Now fear is a spirit that creates anxiety and makes you anticipate the bad. That something bad is about to happen to you. Something dangerous is about to happen to you. The spirit of fear makes you feel intimidated and you become timid in life. Now, when you make decisions based on fear, you actually make very wrong and dangerous decisions that can destroy your life forever. There's a story of a lady who was rising in her office, in a corporate office, very prestigious corporate office. And then an emergency board meeting was called. When the board meeting closed and the MD was walking out, she just looked at this lady who was rising and just did a, his finger like this and said, it's not easy. Just pointed at her, shaking the finger and said, it's not easy. The lady immediately felt that whatever was discussed in that meeting, she was involved. And the expression is not easy meant the MD has been asked to fire her and the MD is even finding it difficult to do that. And for her records not to be damaged by this firing, she decided to resign ahead so she resigned years later she met the MD at the funeral and her life was a mess she came to the funeral without a car she, she was actually suffering so the MD just said Payu, why did you suddenly resign from the office 
And she said, but you guys were planning to fire me. And the MP said, from where? Where did you get that impression? He said, that day you came out of the meeting and you pointed your finger at me and said, it's not easy. I thought that the whole meeting was about me. The MD didn't even remember he did that. You see, there's also a story of a woman who went for juju and put it under the husband's pillow for one night. And that night, the husband saw the juju. And her only reason was that she was afraid she was going to lose her husband. You know, fear will let you act like a mad person. Today, I want to do this. Jesus asked this question. Why are you so afraid? Within which context did he ask this question? I want to discuss that with you. I'm very sure it's going to be a blessing. I'm going to try to deal with two questions. So you see me rushing a bit. Rushing a bit. Um, let me try to face my... Okay, so we are back on. Now, so let me read from Matthew chapter 8 from the verse 23 to 26 so that I can contextualize this and that you can truly appreciate what we are going to discuss. Matthew 8 from the verse 23 to 26. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciple went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are drowning. We are to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it completely and it was completely calm. Now, when you, when you see the description of the storm, furious storms, and the waters were getting into the boat, and considering the fact that at that time, they were not building very complex boats, you, you will be asking yourself this question, how could Jesus have slept in the midst of that kind of storm? I think that the best, the best expression will be he deliberately ignored them. Because his presence alone should have assured them of their safety. This was the man that walked on water. You saw him walking on water. This was the man that multiplied five loaves of bread and two fish and fed 5,000 men. This was the man that raised Lazarus from the dead. This was the man that cleansed the lepers and opened the eyes of the blind. And you were there. You saw it. And then this man is with you. And then you are confronted with a storm and your reaction 
is fear. Not faith. Now God works with faith and true faith. The devil works with fear and true fear. I am very sure, probably, a lot of us here, if we are confronted with a storm, we are likely to forget the fact that Jesus assured us that he is our ever-present help in times of trouble. You see, when you forget the presence of Jesus in your life consistently, that he never leaves you, he never leaves you, when you forget that and you are confronted with a storm, you are likely to react naturally. You see, natural reaction is reality. But he's not calling us to react naturally. He's calling us to react supernaturally. Supernatural reaction is called revelation. Now, next week, I will talk about why do you worry? And I will try to explain to you that one of the reasons why we worry is because of the absence of God's word in our spirit. Because you see, anytime you are confronted with a situation, there is a biblical solution available for you. If you are prayerful and you are a Bible student, the words of God are deposited in your spirit. And then when you are confronted with a storm, it supernaturally, a word is triggered, dropped in your spirit, and you respond to it by the word. You respond to it by the word of God. You respond to situation by the word of God. Jesus was so disappointed. He said, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? And I want to ask somebody here in this service. Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid that you may never get married? Why are you so afraid that you may never have children? Why are you so afraid that you may never get a job? Why are you so afraid that you may die before your time? Why are you so afraid? And when somebody questions you this way, why are you so afraid? Jesus was marveled that these people can be afraid when they have him. In, in your case, he's even more astonished that he lives in the inside of you and you are so afraid in life. As a young student in a missionary school in Europe, I walked into one of the rooms at the house of residence of, of a friend and I saw this big poster on his door, on his door, where a man was climbing a mountain. It was quite risky and very scary. When you look at this picture, you panic. 
But the inscription there, what beneath it was, do not allow fear to stand on the way of your dreams. When I left his room, I just sat down quietly to analyze my life. To see the damage fear had caused to me up until that time. I've had dreams I had never been able to pursue because of fear. There are many of you here seated here today. Fear is standing on the way of your dreams. That big dream, that big aspiration, what is keeping you from achieving it is fear. But Jesus is asking, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? That is Jesus' question to you. Why are you so afraid in life? What is causing that fear? Let me quickly share with you. We're going to try to answer this question by looking at the seven types of fears that we are usually confronted with. Can I preach? Now, before I look at that seven types of fears, let's look at these two very important scriptures. Proverbs 28 verse 1. The wicked flee though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. The Christian life must be a bold life. It's a bold life. You cannot have a successful Christian living with fear. No, it's not possible. You cannot succeed with a Christian. It takes boldness. It takes boldness to stop sinning. Because some of you here have sugar daddies who sleep with you and give you money. Your life depends on them. It would take boldness to repent and lose your source of income and live a holy life for him. Some of you work at places that does not glorify God. It would take boldness to walk out of that place. Your boss is sleeping with you and you are afraid that if you, if you refuse him sex, you will lose your job. The Christian life is a life of boldness. That is why Hebrew, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says that, For we live by faith, not by sight. We don't look at things the way the worldly people look at things. Listen, listen. All, all Christians who saw coronavirus COVID-19 by sight have achieved nothing. But those who saw by faith are harvesting in the midst of famine. Are harvesting in the midst of famine. In COVID-19, I didn't see Satan doing something. I saw God in the storms. I heard the voice of God in the storms. 
I, I'll come to look at that right now. Sometimes we give Satan too much credit. I'm not saying that COVID-19 is not evil. I am not saying that COVID-19 was not caused by evil forces. I am saying that if Jesus could rebuke this, the, the winds, you can also. The disciples were focusing on the storm. Jesus looked beyond the storm and saw the winds causing the storm and rebuked the winds. May God open your eyes to see the solution, not the problems. That before this year will be ending, every fear will go, or you will even leave this service today and go out there and take on the world and pursue your dream and get out there and say, Hey, world, here I come. Here I come to live my dream. Fear will no longer stand on the way of my dream. The seven types of fear. Number one, the fear of man. The fear of man. The fear of man. Proverbs 29 verse 25. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Please watch these scriptures very well. There is a comparison between God and man in your life. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Within this contest, I'm defining the fear of man as you choosing to obey man rather than God. You choosing to obey man rather than God. And you will always come to that point in your life where you have to choose between your husband and what God is telling you, between your wife and what God is telling you, between your boss and what God is telling you, between your pastor and what God is telling you. Are you here with me? Between your friends and what God is telling you. There will always, you will always come there. And almost every single day, you will have to make choices that will please God. No matter how offensive it will be to man. Oh babe, oh babe. Babe, I don't want us to sin again. Babe, please understand me. Please understand me. I beg you, understand me. You are apologizing for holiness. You are apologizing for holiness. You know how sometimes we are not even bold enough to tell our friends, I don't drink. I don't smoke. Sometimes you feel... You feel so intimidated in the presence of a big man who is offering you whiskey. 
And you feel that to tell that man that it's our church's doctrine not to drink, you will offend that man. So you will choose to rather obey a man than God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Now, Acts chapter 5, verse 29. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. And, and if we look, if you, the context within which these guys made this choice was very serious. The Sahindrin, the Pharisees, the scribes, the high priests, and the others that succeeded in getting the approval for the execution of Jesus are now coming after this unschooled ordinary men whose numbers have dropped from 12 to 11. They have just been called that you have preached in the name of Jesus. You have healed the sick in the name of Jesus. We do not want you to preach in his name again. We do not want you to heal the sick again. They actually put them in prison. Supernaturally, they were released from prison and went out there again to preach the gospel. And when they were called back, their position was clear. We would rather obey God than man. We would rather obey God than man. I don't know about you. I truly don't know about you. But man will always place a demand on you that will take you away from the will of God for your life. Men will use their coercive power, their reverent power, their expert power to try to get you to do something that does not glorify God. I've said it here and then let me repeat it again and again and again. Three E's must guard and guide you in whatever you do as a Christian. Whatever you do must exalt Christ Jesus. Whatever you do must evangelize the lost. Whatever you do must edify the saved. If it falls outside these three things, Pay the price by obeying God rather than man. Are you here? So why do we fear man and sometimes choose to obey man rather than God? You know, sometimes we are afraid of people's reaction. Oh, they will be angry if I did this. I know what God is telling me, but but my parents will be angry if I did it. I know what God is telling me. In this case, I'm saying that you must be sure of what God is telling you. If you don't know what God is telling you, it is better to fear man and stay put. But if it comes and you are sure of what God is telling you, but contradicts a man's will for you and plans for you take it 
and do that with boldness. Don't be afraid of the reaction. Sometimes the reaction is not anger, but the reaction may be mockery. You have held on to something over a long period of time. You had a conviction and suddenly you are changing the conviction. And you feel that if I do it, my friends will make mockery of me. I spoke so well of this girl. I have just discovered she is not what she said she was. And now I need to break off this relationship. But what would my friends say? I need to break away from this man. But what will my friends say? Sometimes the laughter, the mockery. So sometimes it's not the person you fear. It's the reaction of the person that you are afraid of. The world, the world was not structured for Timid people. It was structured for bold people. It was structured for people who through faith in God can make major decisions and, and take, take steps. If I didn't trust God, I wouldn't have been here on the sprinter's road to be a blessing to you. Every single day is a work of faith. Every single day is a work of faith. I shouldn't have the building that is sitting down there. I shouldn't own these buildings that you see when you come every day. It's just a work of faith. It just when I when I when when I was negotiating to buy any of these buildings, I had nothing in my bank account. Nothing. I, I didn't even think I had a personal bank account. I think the company had. But I wasn't intimidated by it. Because it is a work of faith. A strong work of faith in the Lord Jesus. That is what the Christian life is about. Boldness, bold decisions, bold choices. Based strongly on the conviction that God has spoken with you. And that you have seen it from his word. And this is what God wants you to do. You know where boldness comes from? It comes from the fact that you know, you know, and you know, and you know, and you know that God even knows that you know that he knows you are walking in his perfect way. Are you here with me? The second type of fear is the fear of evil. The fear of evil. Psalm 23 verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I will fear no evil. Distinguished ladies and gentlemen. Give a white man a big house in some, in some isolated area that the next house closest to his house is one mile away or one hour drive away. Put that house in the midst of a forest, a single white man who hasn't heard about Jesus, doesn't know Jesus, 
We'll put off the lights in the evening and still sleep comfortably. And we'll have no nightmares. But here we are, born again believers. We can't even sleep alone in a single room with lights off. Yeah. Because we are afraid that some witch or some ghost or some wizard will come after us. I believe ghosts exist. I believe evil exists. I believe wicked people exist. I believe witches and wizards exist. But I also believe I am too protected to become a prey for their teeth. I also believe I get very surprised when I go to a prayer meeting of one hour and 50 minutes of that one hour is spent binding devil and witches and wizards and all those things and 10 minutes it's used to pray for whatever we want God to do for us. You see, the fear of evil occupies your mind with satanic thoughts than Christ's thoughts. The content of your prayer is more against evil people than praying for the will of God, for the kingdom of God to come on earth. If you have a prayer warrior department led by somebody who is afraid of evil, the person will spend the whole prayer meeting, instead of praying for the anointing of God upon the man of God, they'll be praying against witches and wizards that want to destroy the man of God's ministry. I agree. But I agree that you need to pray those prayers, but it shouldn't be the major part of your prayers. Are you here? There are pastors whose only sermons are based, solely based on the fear of evil. They talk more about what Satan can do than what God can do. They talk more about secret societies than they talk about the church and the power of the church and the power of the believer. And in fact, there are men of God who are thriving on the fear industry, the fear of evil industry. They tell you how somebody has planted something somewhere and how you need to bring a seed for them to pray for you so that you would be delivered. And because we have all come out from, from idol worshipping and fetish background, we, we, our mindset is not totally renewed. That's why you can find politicians and top men running, well-educated men, lawyers, judges, running after small boys and girls who are 
call, who call themselves prophets and they give them instructions that baffles you. Bath at midnight. And when you are bathing, turn your, yourself to the east and say these words. And where learned men will do these things and assume that something will change in their lives. When I put on my Facebook wall, you are rising to the top. I'm likely to get a few amens. But when I put there, and I said, every evil man in your life is dying today. The amens I will get. The amens I will get. Hey! If you like, let me change my sermons and start talking about um, evil men and evil women all the time. You know, I preach about them when you come to prayer factory and all those things. So I believe they exist. But what I'm trying to tell you is that they must not occupy our lives more than Christ. We must be God conscious than Satan conscious. We must be Holy Ghost conscious than evil spirit conscious. Are you here with me? Do you understand what I'm teaching you? Ghosts exist, but they can't come to your house. Your Christ lives in that house with you. Evil men exist. Why will you move away from a house because your next door neighbor is a fetish priest? Who should move? Who should, who should move? No, tell me who should move. Mommy lived in a house with one of her senior cousins whose husband brought to the house um, a fetish priest. And mommy was consistently praying in the house. The fetish priest told the man that if you don't stop this girl from doing what she's doing in this house, I cannot do anything for you. So the man came to mommy and told mommy, stop that your stop it I don't want to hear that thing in the house one day mommy was just in the toilet so mommy couldn't pray loudly anywhere so she just went into the toilet and sat on the toilet and started praying quietly under the the fetish priest sensed it and told the man the girl is in the toilet praying against us I'm telling you and the thing didn't work we all know this um, shrine, Lateko Akunedi. You know Akunedi now operates from Jamaica. The one they have there, there's a bigger shrine in Jamaica, Akunedi, that functions better than the one they have in Latin now. Mommy and a group of young girls and boys came together, prayed for two years that Akunedi should leave Latin. One day, one day the fetish priest just started talking that Kunedi says he's leaving Latte, he's going to Jamaica. Today, what is in, in Latte is a branch. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So we don't vacate, we don't vacate places for evil people. Evil people vacate places for us. Since I came to live in this house, and my, my business is not going well. 
I think my landlord has an evil spirit. You are not praying enough. Whatever evil that is there must leave. I told you one day, mommy and I went to rent a place, a very posh place, and we discovered that it was a haunted house. And we have paid so much for it. A haunted house. Beautiful, beautiful house. Beautiful house in a very beautiful area. The first night. Immediately we entered there, I knew something was wrong. I could sense it, I could feel it. There was no connection. Then around midnight, I heard footsteps. Okay, 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 footsteps. I said, okay, our neighbors, uh, they were um, story building. So I said, okay, maybe those at the top went out, they just came in. So looking at the distance in the building, at least, the maximum these steps should be moving, should be like one minute or something. After five minutes, it was still working. One hour, it was still working. Then I told mommy, my dear, we are in a haunted house. She said, why? I said, can't you hear the walking? See, I've been listening. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we cover ourselves in the blood. As we take our rest, we just covered ourselves in the blood and slept our sleeping. The next day, no longer walking, they wanted us to know that they mean business. They was running. I said, guys, I paid for this place. So. <laughs> I, am not, I am not leaving here until I finish whatever I came to this city to do. I am not leaving here. I said, my dear, let's leave. Let them just worry themselves. We are covered, secured in the blood. The third night, they were banging doors. Broom! Curl! Pine! We really stayed. They didn't panic. They didn't run away. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Don't let any evil person intimidate you. You were afraid to go home. <laughs> because, because you said the last time you went home and came back, your business ran down. Where is the Jesus you are serving? Are you serving him where? When they hear in your hometown that you are coming home, they should run away from the village. You are too anointed to run away from witches and wizards. Hmm. This is a, a Christ, the Christian life is a spiritual warfare. If you fear evil, you can't win. You can't fear evil and win. Please trust the Lord. As far as you are walking in purity and you are praying, you are secured. Number three, the fear of the future. The fear of the future. The fear of the future. Now, let me address some of the young ladies here. I, I want to read this scripture. And, and now, I'm pretending there are only young ladies here. 
Because I have been a pastor long enough to know how young ladies are taken advantage of. Especially young ladies from homes where there's no much support and they have come to Accra. They are living in the city alone. They are trying to survive and they are afraid for their future. Can I read this scripture for you? Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Plans to give you hope and a future. Your next 10 years will be better than today. Those who despised you today will regret in the next 10 years. You are secured, you are covered, and a future plan is there for you. All you need to do is to ask the Lord, Father, show me that future. Don't run into a marriage because you are afraid of the future and you want to use that marriage to secure your future. That is the worst decision you can ever make. Don't stop pursuing your dreams. Cut it short and do something easy because you are afraid for the future. Now, listen. What you see ahead determines what you do now. If you see a president ahead, you know how to behave. You know how to study. You know who to become a friend to. You know how to clean your life. You know. If you see a CEO ahead, you know how you behave. But if you see a failure ahead, nothing matters to you anymore. Some young ladies are sleeping with men anyhow because they don't see any value in their future. Some intelligent guys are just smoking weed around. Intelligent guys are just smoking weed around. Because they don't see anything good in their future. But if you're seeing a top man, you'll be doing what top men do to become top men. If we see... Now, the current Ashantehine, or Ashantehine, the king of the Ashantis, knew that he would become a king one day. So what he did, where he lived, where he schooled, who he lived with, he lived with almost all the king makers in the Ashanti kingdom and learned the tradition. So when two of them emerged to be chosen, the king makers chose him because he had prepared himself for this. Prince William it's different from Prince Harry because Prince Harry knows that he has no chance of becoming a king. So he can go from Meghan, Miss Meghan, and marry her. He can go out there to Hollywood and do whatever he, he's doing there. But Prince William knows that he's going to become a future king. So how he talks now, how he dresses now, what he does now is very crucial. He chose to go into the army because you have to, 
you as a king, you need to defend your kingdom. Everything was chosen and planned for him because he knew his future. He knew what he would become. But if you don't have hope for the future, if you don't pray for God to reveal your future for you, to see who you will become, everything goes for you today. Everybody can be your friend today. Anything can attract you today. Any behavior you can put up today because you don't see your future. Any young lady here who believes God has called her to be a pastor in this church one day knows how to behave herself. I'm very sure when, when I announced I was going to make Eden a pastor, nobody was surprised. And somewhere, somehow, I feel she also knew that. So put up a very good, well-behaved, well-mannered girl in the church throughout. There are some of you who announce you are going to become a pastor. Some, be, some people will leave this church. Even the deacon, some people will leave this church. Even a minister, some people will say, oh, daddy is not called. The man of God is not called. He's not in the spirit. I'm telling you. You see, those of you who don't see your future and you are afraid, when you don't see your future, when you don't see tomorrow, you get scared. You know, when you are driving on a dark road and there are no lights and your car can only see some few um, meters ahead, you are very careful. You are driving with carefulness. You are scared. You might run into something. You might run into um, even a police post. There are police posts that they have no reflectors. <laughs> police barriers. You are, you are afraid you will run into an old person crossing the street. You may even run into a cattle. So you are careful. Even though your car has the capacity to go over 200 kilometers per hour, you are around 80 or 60 or 40 and you are very careful and you are driving and you can't see ahead of you. And so that you think armed robbers are waiting for you over there. And so you are very careful and you are, you are driving like this and you are, you, you know. Whatever you do, when you don't see ahead, you are afraid. For those of you who have not discovered God's plans for you, who have not discovered God's plans for you, you are so afraid of the future that you are messing up today. Because the fear of the future will let you make the wrong choices today. Marry the wrong person, take the wrong job, associate with the wrong people. Because what, the fear you see in the future, you think you want the security now in order to get there. But discover God's plan for your life. I just talking to mommy yesterday on my plan to build a a place that will grow old and have our own cemetery. Can you imagine? Create a cemetery where we'll be buried, where all the city of first will be buried. And plan everything in details. You know, and I'm going to talk about the fear of death right now. And I can talk about death with ease because I don't fear death. There are some of you who will never write a will even at the age of 80 because of the fear of death. The fear of death. I planned 
so well my future. I know what God has for me and the plans God has for me. I've planned, I've even planned my burial place. <laughs> but I'm not dying now, so please stop planning about um, sharing my property. Because I'm not dying now. Or stop planning about marrying mommy. If 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 this if this man dies, I'll go and marry mommy. I'll go and marry mommy. I don't even care if she's a sugar mommy. I'm still going to marry her. I will I'll make sure I marry that woman. Please, I'm not going anywhere. At least not for now. Last time I was just Working and working and working and working. Mommy came to the room and said, Honey, stop work. You are so tired. If you don't take care, you will kill yourself. Oh, you will die. Oh, and I looked at her and said, Me, I should die for someone to marry you. Not far. I'm hanging around with you till death do us part. I'm hanging around with you. So please don't fear your future. God has a plan for you. Just discover God's plan. And like I've, I've been teaching you here, the more spiritual you become, the clearer you see. Pray more. Study the word of God more. Fellowship with the body of believers more. Don't spend time with carnal people. Don't spend time with the gossips. Don't engage your time with people that do not see tomorrow. Don't never... I've said here before, take O to stand for opportunity. How many O's are there in the word yesterday? No, there's no O in the word yesterday because there are no opportunities in your past. How many O's are there in the word today? One, because only few opportunities today. How many O's are there in the word tomorrow? Three, because there are more opportunities ahead of you. You should focus on the future. You should believe the future. You should believe that it will go well it will go well with you and have confidence and plan and prepare for it. The future did not come to me. I went for the future. And I'm going to the future. I can see clearly. His word is a lamp for my feet. I can see the more I study God's word, the more he's creating a pathway for my future. The more I'm seeing the future, the more I pray, the more I see the future. The more I hear his word, the more I associate with spiritual people who have discovered God's purpose for their lives. I see the future. I am sick and tired of young born again believers who are frustrated in life. I see the church created that problem. You did. You are responsible for your life. Disconnect, disassociate from people who can see tomorrow. Here it is. Number four, the fear of failure. The fourth type of fear is the fear of failure. The fear of failure. Proverbs 15 verse 22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advices, they succeed. The fear of failure. The fear of failure. 
What about if I don't succeed? What about if you succeed? The only way you can know whether you can swim or not is to get into the pool. If you try, you can't swim, just shout for help. Somebody will come and pull you out. If nobody comes to pull you out, it's better to die trying than to die doing nothing. All the women in the in Ashanti kingdom, the only woman that is remembered consistently is Yazantwa. She died fighting for something. She died fighting for something. It is better to die fighting for something than to do nothing at all. In fact, behind every one single success story are several failure stories. Accra Business School is not the only company I have. Before Accra Business School, I registered several companies. They didn't work. Now I still have additional companies that are dormant. They are not working. I'm struggling to make it work. They are not working. So for every failure, it produces an idea for success. Sometimes it must take 10 failures to have a complete set of success ideas to implement them. Failing shouldn't be the problem. But staying where you failed is where the problem is. One time, I watched, I watched a guy running and a long distance race and then he fell and got injured and decided to continue. And he was continuing, he was going like this, and he was going like this until he got to the end of the line. And the focus was not on the winner, but the focus was on that person who fell and rose and in the midst of pain continued and continued and continued and continued. In this country, can't you see, the focus is not on the people that were born into riches. The focus is on the people that came from nowhere and became successful. I think that the president that can solve the problems of this country is not a president that was born into a rich home, but a president that was born into nothing and rose up into something. They understand the pain and the agony of the ordinary people. They respect and value people. All the presidents that we have had in this country, tell me one of them that was not raised in luxury. So they don't understand when you say, my light is off. They haven't slept in darkness before. I'm telling you, They haven't. Listen, failure must be part of your success story. Recently, I watched Chelsea play. We didn't win, we drew 3-3, not this last Sunday's one, the the other one, where, where we were three goals down. And then we came back and equalized. We not winning was was not the best but the fact that we came from three goals down to recover was encouraging the most memorable victory of liverpool 
was when there were three goals down in a Champions League final and came back, overturned it, and walked by. That, that can never be erased. When the odds are against you, and you are able to rise up to the standard and succeed, that is where you are celebrated. That is where you are celebrated. I always tell my son, Kevin, you have to do something very extreme. Very extreme. I said, I pity you. I pity you, but I know you can become better than me. But you've got to do something extreme for people to celebrate you. I turn Accra Business School to Harvard Business School. Then people will say, yeah, he took over from his father, but he made it better. So I came to tell someone here, don't fear failure. It is part of the success story. People listening to us, not because we tell them how we succeeded, but we tell them how we rose up from failure to success. People celebrate us because they know where we have come from. Don't give up. Rise up from where you fell. Don't give up. Rise up from where you fell. And keep on going and keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. It is better to move like a tortoise than to lay down there and go nowhere. Don't compare yourself to anybody. You were created differently, shaped differently. You have different abilities. You have different passions. You have different desires. Don't compare yourself to anybody. They may have succeeded today, but please, please, your success is on the way coming. Your success is on the way coming. Yea, though I walk through, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You, you must walk through it. You must walk through it. Don't stay there. Walk through the problem. Walk through the situation. My story is unique because I did not come to live in Manette Estate. I came to live as a squatter in an uncompleted building. So my story is unique. It attracts people. People love to hear it over and over and over. Anybody who gets bored with my testimony is envious of me. <laughs> ah, are you here? Do you understand what I'm talking to you about? We are symbols of what God can do. We are symbols of how God will use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God is an expert of taking ordinary people and doing extraordinary things with them. And you are the next ordinary person that God is going to do extraordinary thing with. If you believe, let me hear your loudest amen. You can become president. You can. And I believe that you can become president. I believe that you can be the CEO of that multinational company. I believe that you can be the... Um, governor of the central bank i believe you can own your own tv station and your own radio stations i believe it i believe it i believe in that dream don't give up on that dream don't let that dream go don't give up on it i believe i believe you may have had a setback but that same setback was what god is going to you to set you up that is not a stumbling block it is a stepping stone don't settle there. Don't stay there. Something good is about to happen. 
I can see it. I can sense it. And I can feel it. Just got connected to him. You can do all things through him who strengthens you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. There is nothing you cannot do if you are totally connected to him. You can rise again. You can come out of the valley. You can be on the mountaintop. You can change that story. You can rewrite that story. Come on, get up on your feet and give him some shout of praise. Number five, the fear of competition. The fear of competition. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with, with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. The sky is too big for two bears to clash. At every point, there are several hundreds of thousands of aircrafts flying in the skies. Scarcely do you hear that they have ever clashed. Hear me, my friend. Don't be afraid that somebody is doing the same thing you are doing. Just focus on yourself. Just focus. Just focus. I am not afraid that somebody will tomorrow come and open another business school on the Sprinters Road. That's none of my business. I will still, listen, the best way to compete is not to compete. You, you know, because when you are competing, you allow your competitor to drive you to follow him. They do this, you do some. They say this, you go and find something to say. The reason why all the telcos are not able to compete with MTN is because they want to become another version of MTN. They are not doing anything different from what MTN is doing. Don't be afraid of that man who is opening a bigger shop than your shop. You are covered by the anointing. You are covered by the anointing. I said you are covered by the anointing. There are big restaurants with everything you need. People still don't eat there. They go to some tree, some tree, under some tree to go and sit down there and eat. You know why? The person has chosen to be unique. The person's soup is unique. He's not, he's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to eat in some restaurants. And they used to call me Apotayua. Because I, the advert I saw, the reason why I went there, was that somebody was eating in Ettingware called Apotayua. I told mommy, let's go, let's go, let's go eat in Apotayua. I got there, there was no, they are going to give me plates. I said, no, I saw Apotayua. I want Apotayua. So do you know they went to buy nice Ettingware, put it down. Anytime I, I, they see my car coming, they say, Apotayua bao, Apotayua ba. Then they go and put it in there. <laughs> It is that unique thing. It is that unique, that taste in your soup that nobody, nobody. You see, Pepsi has tried to catch up with Coca-Cola, but there's something about Coca-Cola. You see, there, there must be something nobody can copy from you. That, that is what makes you different. Yeah, 
There should be something nobody can copy from you. <laughs> you can dress like your friend's wife, talk like your, your friend's, your husband's friend's wife, and do everything. Doesn't mean your marriage will be. When you see that that marriage is working, there is something that is almost impossible to copy. In fact, what has kept, guys, I'm coming down, so I'm going to conclude. So I'm going to look at the next slide from here. Now, what has kept cars like Toyota and Co. still leading in production? Is that it is believed that there are things they do that the other car manufacturing companies are unable to copy. It has something to do with the Japanese culture. So you can copy all the technology, but there's something about a culture that enables them to achieve a certain excellence that you can copy. Are you here? Many people have actually tried to do what I'm doing in Accra Business School. They haven't been able to succeed. Because there's something called the anointing. You can't copy it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you here? You, you, can, you can copy my content. You can copy my ideas. You can copy everything I am doing. But what you can't copy is the anointing. There must be that thing nobody can take away from. Are you here with me? Do, do you understand what I'm, what I'm teaching you? Many people will establish churches around. But there will be some of you who will never go anywhere. Because there's something about me and my message. And the way it resonates with your spirit and your ambition. And where you are going. That is, might not be present in that place. Are you here? The reason why I'm sticking to this woman is because there is something in here that I don't find in other women. All women may have breasts. All women may have uh, um, other things. All of the other things. But there might be something. There might be something that will make a man stick to one woman and nobody can compete with that woman. There's something. There is something. You are only afraid of competition because you don't have anything unique. There are ladies here when we close church and you see your husband talking to another woman, you get angry. And your wife, your, your husband talking to another woman, you will get very angry. You will get very, very angry. Because you see, but there are some women, they don't even care. If their husband even gives women legs, they don't care. They are something no woman can offer that man. They believe that this man will go and go and go and will come back. Because I have something I offer that no woman can offer. 
And usually that thing is not sex. Usually it is not food. There's a character. There is something nobody can copy. You must have something nobody can copy. That is how we win. Okay? Okay. And the next one is the fear of something. Can you go there? The fear of originality. The fear of originality. The fear of originality. Do you know how sometimes God can give you an original idea and make it so easy for you to implement? And then you are afraid because you think that if it is that easy, somebody would have done it. They begin to go around and start asking, has somebody ever done this before? If nobody has done it, then you think that it might be dangerous. That's why nobody has done it. It's called the fear of originality. Tomorrow, guess what I'm doing? Tomorrow, I'm having my international advisory board meeting for a new online university. And guess what I'm doing? I'm here and getting a company to get accreditation for me in the UK from there from their accreditation listed. I'm here. I'm just staying here. And the International Advisory Board meeting is made up of professors from top universities around the world. And we are meeting. Ten years ago, I would have feared that nobody is doing it. So, so why am I the one going to do it? Like the way we run our MBA, nobody's doing it. Nobody's doing it. They are trying. People are really trying to copy it and other things. But how to structure your program to do one weekend in a month is not easy. That, that originality. Don't be afraid when God gives you an original idea that nobody else is doing. You don't need anybody to have done something for you to do. Listen, listen to me. Your assignment is something you were created to do. Attraction is something you are copying to do. Anytime you are copying something to do, that was not what you were created to do. What you were created to do was deposited in your spirit before you were born. So don't fear originality. Don't fear. Don't be afraid that you are pioneering something. You are starting something that nobody has ever done it. Joseph was the first person to have had such a dream. But he was bold enough to share it. Whether you hate him or not, he didn't care. He just shared it. Okay. The next, final one, is the fear of death. Fear of death. <sighs> Hebrews 9.27 Just as people are destined to die once, and after that, to face judgment. So everybody will die. What is obvious is obvious. Why are you afraid of the obvious? You prepare for it. I went to Saito Public School. When you are late, they beat you. You don't even care whether your house had bathroom or had water and you went to look for water somewhere and you have to go to the public bathhouse and queue for it to get your turn before you take your bath. Nobody cares that you have to fetch water for your mother and father from a long distance. Nobody can will beat you. So you yourself, you know you are late, they are going to beat you. So guess what you do? You wear two singlets and then you wear one shirt under your uniform and you wear this thing. And then you wear, you put paper. You wear two shorts and still put paper in your pockets. And you are prepared. You are prepared for that, those lashes. If you went to international school, this is what you don't understand. If you went to Saito, 
you, 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 you did some, isn't it? Ah! Yeah. They are going to beat you. You are prepared. And there are some wicked teachers. They know. They will remove the they, they remove your shorts. And then, and then one will come and say, remove again. Another one will come. They remove again. Another one will come and say, hey, you are very wicked. <laughs> you don't want to be beaten. You see, listen. Everybody's destiny will end in death. But your destiny must not end in premature death. That's why you must structure your life very well. If you hear a little move in your body, see a doctor. But don't stay at home and feel, I'm going to die soon. And if I don't take care, I'll die. And the way that things are going, I'm going to die. See, the fear of death actually brings death closer to you. The Bible said, what I fear has happened to me. What I fear, Job, what I fear has happened to me. Because once you have a mindset that you are going to die, the will to live goes. You know people who have diabetes can live longer because they take care of their food. They are no longer eating by heart and they are taking care of their food and making sure this and this and this and they can even live longer. I know people in their 80s who had diabetes when they were 40. And they have lived with it for this thing and they are still very healthy. You get it? But when you lose the will to live and you are afraid diabetes will kill you, do you know what you do? You think that no matter what I do, I'll die. So let me enjoy life. If I die, I die. And that's why people, some people with diabetes will stay at home, not go anywhere, drink Fanta, drink Coke, eat everything and just wait for death to come and take them. Don't lose the will to live. Make sure, make sure that none of your children will bury you young. Don't take your children through the pain of burying your, their parents young. Your daughter wants to see you walk him through hell, through the aisle, and present her in on the wedding day. I, your daughter, mama, your daughter wants you to be there and bow for her first child. Bow for her first child wants you to be there. That's why you must not lose the will to leave. And young people, don't cause your parents to bury you young. When you lose the will to leave, that is when you drink alcohol and your, your stomach becomes like a fridge. <laughs> where alcohol beverages are kept. That's where you smoke like something. That's where you drive anyhow. You live your life anyhow because you have lost the will to live. I'm telling you, but you don't know you have lost it. One man was attacked by a bear deep down in the for forest. He was bleeding. And he walked a long distance, over an hour, to get to the roadside. Immediately he saw a car coming and went at the car. And saw that the people in the car have seen him. He collapsed. And when he recovered, they asked him, how did you survive that journey without collapsing until you got to the roadside and saw people? He said, because within the forest, I knew that if, if I gave up and fell, I would die. I wanted to leave, so I didn't give up. 
I held on to my life. I held on to my life. I refused to give up my life. I refused to give up the ghost and walk to the roadside. And when I saw people, I knew that if I let it go, at least somebody will see me and they will carry me. Don't just give up. Some of you live life as if the end of your life has come. I am 60. I have retired. So, what do you do? You stay at home. Eat everything. And then you are waiting for death. You are waiting for death. I finished my work. I'm waiting for death. It's hard to live a life. Yesterday, one of mommy's sister in her house was walking some way. I said, <laughs> I said, I said, how old are you? She said, 53. Then I turned to mommy. I said, if by 53 you are walking like your sister, I will suck you from this house. <laughs> Live a life to the fullest. Live your life. Know that death will come, but death will come at the will of God. And so you are making sure you are structuring your life well. Don't eat after six. You must understand it. If you want to die, if you live, if you lose the will to live, you eat banku after six. 8 p.m. You are eating a bar. You have lost the will to live. You have lost the will to live. You just want to die and go. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. You are calling for a bar. And a goosey. Life is too sweet to die young. Make it your mind that you are important for this generation. At least, at least for this church. I want to grow old with all of you. We should live long. That's why you must come to pray orbits. come for pre-obics, you must come and exercise, you must just exercise yourself. Every day I do six kilometers. After the morning walk, in the evening I went out, walking. I went out walking. This evening I'll be going out walking. Tomorrow I'll do, the next day I'll do, the next day I'll do. My 70-something year old president that I've employed for this university Yes, we had a meeting and he appeared on the Zoom, undressed, on camp. He said, oh, Bishop, I'm sorry. I just came from my, my jogging. 70-something, you went for jogging. Some of you can't even jog from here to here. And you are just 50. If I ask you to jog, you'll be saying, hey, my knee so, my knee so, my knee so. That's how we are singing that song. You can't even lift your, your distance. Every knee shall bow. You can't bow. You can't bow. When we say let's bow and worship him, you cannot. But I declare no one is going to die before your time. I declare anybody that has death knocking at your door, I declare let that door be shut against death. Anybody that a grave is opened waiting for your body, let that grave be covered. Any coffin they are preparing for you, let that coffin catch fire. 
I declare and decree you are moving on. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. You are breaking through. You are surviving. No fear will conquer you. You are achieving your dreams in the name of Jesus. Now take this scripture for the week. Where is my listen? Bring it on. Take this scripture for the week. There's, there's a last scripture I want to read, and then we share the grace that we are out from here. Take this scripture for the week. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Oh, wow. Let this be your scripture. Read it and 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 read it every day this week and overcome that fear. I see you rising. I see you succeeding. I see you breaking through. In Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you.